All right. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Brand Ethos Podcast. We cannot thank you enough for listening and tuning in and uh, everyone that's been enjoying these episodes. It, it is a great time. You know, I'll be honest, I think we enjoy it because it's a great time for us as a team to get together and have a conversation. We sometimes, I think we're getting into it before this, we forgot to hit record and <laughs> probably had a whole episode in our prior conversation, but we're hoping to bring you a ton of value. Uh, once again, we have Alicia, Annalise, and Ace here uh, to talk a little bit about something, but Alicia, this is like the core of brand ethos, right? This is the core of what I think makes us great. This is the core of what uh, you've really built the company around. Um, so I'm so excited today for this topic. So I would normally like to say something about it before we start, but I think you introing this topic and, and talking about uh, why, what we're going to talk about today is so important. And what are we talking about today, Lucia? What is the topic? I mean, I think the topic is the definition of the ethos of a brand. Yes. And really, you know, um, a, a buddy of mine who helped actually name the company, Jeff Spar, uh, used that word a lot. And, and it's funny, until we started really kind of digging in to it it really just means like all things that symbol all things that make up a, a person a human and we kind of have taken it to the brand um so i think really the topic today is as much as people want to focus on your brand is you know whether it's consistency in our look and feel or or um you know our, our product marketing the reality is there's so many other things that go into that that make up the ethos and really ultimately drives how authentic your brand is and i believe that if you have a strong ethos <laughs> um that your brand will be ultimately stronger and more profitable that's my theory <laughs> and i think too if you look at and um the idea of that that ethos that idea of a brand the idea of an identity right when some people may hear brand and think logo some people may hear brand and think colors some people may hear brand and think uh so many different things but there's a there's a human foundation to that always right whether it's the creators behind it or company philosophy or we hear core values you know being talked about a lot in business you know and i know um you know ace and annalise i think being newer team members on the team this year but it was like they fit so much into that human aspect of the business right the human aspect of the brand if you will um what are some of the pillars of that in 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 the people that are a part of an organization that help make up the visual part of the brand, the colors, the pictures, the logo, what are the human aspect or the human side of things that really make a brand great? So I'll take that one to start if I can, and then I'll kick it over to Ace. I think that um, one of the things that, you know, when we were actually, again, building our company and the services, you know, I really believe that it's about how you communicate. So the, it's the visual cues, and then it's obviously the great kind of marketing speak that goes around it. But then, you know, is, do you match that with how you speak to your customers? How do you, how you speak to your employees as leaders? And then ultimately how employees speak to each other? Um, so if you're a company that's going to stand up on culture and we have this great culture, then that goes all the way down and you have to kind of check yourself and, um, and, you know, meaning if you're not having really healthy and respectful collaboration, um, and if that's not important to you as leaders to drive that, then you probably shouldn't say we have a great culture or it's something that you stand on because that's not, you know, um, it's not true. And ultimately, you know, you're going to attract talent to join the company and they're going to leave because it's just not what they signed up for. And, um, and with that, you know, I would love to kick it over to Ace and Annalise, not to put you on the spot, but hopefully I promised a certain work culture 
when you guys were kind of becoming part of our little team here. And um, I'm just kind of curious on your perspective, especially as you've seen not only our club culture, but that of our clients. Yeah. <clears throat> and when that's a great point um, you bring up about kind of like building an image for a company. Um, and when you're doing that, it's, it's not just building an image for the company internally, um, but it's also externally. And it's a lot of small details like, um, adding a little bit of brand continuity with like consistent colors or consistent fonts or aesthetics. Um, it's just paying attention to small details like that, that kind of translates into value for not only your employees and people who work as your partners or your, you know, colleagues, but it also translates into value for your customers. Yeah. And to respond to your question directly, Alicia, I mean, I definitely am not disappointed at all in the way that this company has worked and the ethics that we have and just the, the it's, it's almost like, I feel like when I call you, it's like I'm talking to a friend and we're such different age, like a different age gap. Did she call me old? Did she just call me old? <laughs> no, I called myself young. That's what I did. I called myself young. Good communicator. <laughs> you know we can still you know we can still talk and today i sent you a meme and like it's fun and you're my boss and that's just like it's nice to be able to feel that comfort and feel like yeah you're in a group of people that can have your back or if you messed up they'll directly tell you and you can fix it and you just have that um security within the group and i also think beyond that it's important to to know when you're going into a company or like you have to know their their values. Like for example, if you've been in Jerry's, if you're gonna either buy their product or you're gonna work for them, you know that they're pretty liberal, you know that they um, support a lot of topics that some other companies don't. Or like, what is it? Is it Chick-fil-A that doesn't open on Sundays because of mass? Yeah, like those types of things, that's part of their brand and their consistency. And you know that if, if it, it might hurt them, because some people don't believe in those beliefs, but it might also help them because it's, it's, they, they stand by it and we all know it and they're even famous for it. And that's just like a few examples. That's a great point. I think too, I heard a story this morning. Um, I just thought about as you were, you were saying that Annalise, um, I get a motivational video in my email every morning from Darren Daly, Darren Harden. He's where, written the compound effect and, and a couple other great books, but he talked about, it. he's like an, he's like me, he's like an Apple guru, right? Like all things, Apple, everything like, you know, Ryan's on our team. Like I get mad that Ryan turns our chat screen because he's not on an iPhone. Um, <laughs> but Steve jobs was this great entrepreneur, right? He, he created Apple, which is arguably one of the greatest businesses in this country um, that we've seen historically. But he talked about Steve jobs, how his reputation as a leader was that he was kind of a, you know, kind of a tyrant, right? Kind of an a-hole, kind of like not a good guy. Um, and he said that, you know, history will look at him in a lot of different ways. But one thing is that, that he's always said is Steve Jobs was successful in spite of that, not because of it. You know what I mean? So he had a poor company culture, but the creative and the, and the idea of Apple and the concept was so big that that drove it out. But I think a lot of times, and you know, that's not true for a lot of companies and especially, uh, to you guys, Ace and Annalise, this is always like my favorite, like, did you learn this in college question? Um, <laughs> like, yeah. did they talk about culture though like that? Did they talk about it at all in, 
know, because I think that's something where you, you guys are probably learning a lot of the hard skills, but like, you know, I always wonder, are they talking about culture? Because it's so important, right? Like in deciding who you work for, at least you just made some great points. Did they talk to you guys about that at all in, in your, in your college career? Um, I have to say that when I, the, my senior ethics class, I think it, we all have to take it or like the social media class has to take it. Um, not social media, mass communication, excuse me. <laughs> um, they would, this lady um, that would give the class, she would ask us the question like, this company does this, this, and this. Would you accept the job? And would you like stay there? And a lot of people directly said, no, of course not. But quite frankly, in the way that the world is right now and how hard it is to find a job, sometimes you don't have that option. And that, that part just like sucks that, you, that it, it gets so competitive and so hard that sometimes you have to put your values aside to be able to have a job and pay for your bills and pay for everything. And it, it, it sounds great to be like, yeah, I want to, I, I want to be in this environment and I want to deal with these types of people. Sometimes it's just not, it's not realistic. Um, so that's the one part that they did. I guess it was mentioned. It was talked about a little bit. Um, was it a priority? Definitely not. But I do think that, and in, in especially my teachers to me personally would like tell me things like that or give me advice um, more and so. And I think I, it's, it's just about luck. Sometimes you don't know. You go into a company and you have no idea how they're going to act and how they're going to be. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting that we have this conversation too about culture. Um, because um, like you say, Annalise, it is almost kind of like, look, sometimes, you know, the other day my brother got a call from a headhunter trying to hire him for a position. And, you know, in a lot of cases, when you accept a job offer from these headhunters, you, you, don't, you don't have the choice to leave right away if you don't end up liking your position or you don't end up liking your, the company that you chose or the company that you ended up with. So, you end up having to stay there for a certain amount of time. And, and that, you know, if you end up in a company that you don't like or that has a poor culture or a culture that you don't necessarily want to stand by, it ends up biting you in the end because then you can't leave and you're stuck there for, you know, who knows how long. And um, it's very important that, you know, as a company, you just, you build the right culture and the culture that you want to stand by and promote, like Alicia said. And ultimately, I think that people will, you know, the, the economy or, or the job market, I mean, everything works in cycles, right? So, you know, and I think once you get a reputation as a brand for being a bad employer, good luck when, when it's hard to recruit and there's not that much talent out there because you get that kind of uh, that stink on you and it's real hard for it to go away um you know once you get that type of a reputation so you know i think it's it's very important and and i think ultimately kind of back to my original comment you know whether it's your values and how it relates to your culture or you know really um and I know we kind of go with the message map concept at the beginning and just to make sure that we have all of our messaging in line for our clients. And, and that conversation, you know, Ace and I just did it for, for TCP. And that was really, um, I think, a healthy one for the owners because they got to 
kind of check themselves. And the good news is it was, it was in a very positive way because they were like, you know, one of our differentiators is that we almost put our clients or customers goals ahead of ours. And then before you knew it, they were coming up with all these examples. And it was like, it just was great because it validated that they were truly living what they were saying. And that's ultimately what you want for every brand to be. You want to say, you know what, if I say this is my great product attribute or these are my cultural values, that I'm living them. And that's a good brand ethos, right? I mean, in my opinion. So. And Alicia, I think to springboard off that a little bit too, we've done a lot of work with our clients, you know, we've seen things like with Tom Cadell and TLC and Lisa Cullen with top score writing and, um, you know, uh, even TCP, some of the stuff we see with Ivan, um, the idea of the person, right. And the personal brand that a lot of times people want to see the, they, they want to see who's behind the message, the logo, the colors, the, the, the you know, and, and have that authenticity. And I think sometimes, you know, there, there's a reverse side to that, right. Too. There's a comfort of, uh, oh, you want me on camera or maybe people feel awkward with that. You know, how, how do you manage that? You know, cause I know there's some people that can get on and they can, they can really fake it till they make it. Um, but then there's some people that, you know, we know may have a hard time with that. How do you balance that idea of like, I have to be out there and be authentic and send a message because I'm a leader, but maybe I'm uncomfortable with certain aspects of it. How do you get beyond that? That's a great question. And I think Lisa and Tom are two, two great examples of people that have built companies, um, around their values and are truly living them. Um, I mean, Lisa wrote the curriculum, <laughs> lives the curriculum. I mean, she is, she is really the epitome of, of a great leader. And I think the same thing about Tom Cardella. He's, he's a great example. And I love Tom. I mean, he was my boss many years ago. And, um, but he's, he's not super comfortable with the camera on him. He's comfortable doing the work. And, um, and so, you know, whereas I think Lisa's much more comfortable in the light and that I don't think either is wrong or good or bad. I just think it's a comfort level. Um, and um, as certainly for Tom, um, who might be less comfortable with the camera where he's very comfortable is when you see him speaking to a group of TLC employees. That is where he is at his best which is why their company culture is what it is because he says it, he lives it, he does it and he believes it, you know? Yeah. And so I think that the personal branding, I think we can probably have a whole other podcast on that, but um, I think ultimately how the leader lives things is ultimately going to also be the success and be the beacon for how the rest of the company does. Right. So. Yep. Um, no, a hundred percent, hundred percent. And I think too, even with what we see on social media, right. It's easy to be, uh, Instagram famous, you know, it's, and, and I always say you can rent the fame, you can buy the fame, you can buy the, you can buy the attributes, you can buy the number one bestseller on Amazon, you can buy the, the followers. So I think it's, it, it's that aspect of really truly being honest with yourself and that, that genuine uh, way that you're putting out content. But I think too, also, you know, on the day to day, um, there could be a struggle with that, right? Like, you know, um, whether it's family or friends or kids or, or the pressures of work, it's hard to maintain that. And I know that's like, that's my personal struggle, right? Is always balancing all the emotions and all the, the balls that are getting thrown at you, if you will. Um, you know, to me, it's like dodgeball sometimes. <laughs> it's like, and you feel like you're the only man out there. And I think sometimes you can, you can lose your authenticity that you're, I would say trying to portray, but I think that, that, that you work so hard to put out there. And that one, sometimes too, that one moment of anger, or that one moment of frustration or that one moment of, you know, you just, you just, it's all piling on on you, right? Like I think, and I think it's important to also 
sometimes let that out, right? Like it's important to let that out, but not let that become culture. I think we've seen that at least in, in some situations where I think even from the corporate side of things and, and all that, it's hard to, you know, sometimes there's a culture and then there's a once in a while error and then there's moving on. But I know too, you moving into the entrepreneurial space, when you looked at building this team, and I think when you looked at that, you've done a great job of bringing, because not everyone's going to always have the same personalities, but they can match the culture, right? Like, I think that's that's been really important for you. How how did you come to that? Because I know you, you've kind of developed that even before you even started that. That was really important to you from the, from the start with Brand Ethos. I mean, it is. It's To me, it's super important just because it's what I think our customers need to be. So if we as a firm can't do that and, and look, not everybody's a fit and we're all going to make mistakes. I mean, you know, we won't say it on this podcast, but we all joked about my low this past week <laughs> and, you know, and we all, and so, I mean, we're humans. And, and I think that also has to be kind of acknowledged and recognized and, and it's okay. But you know, if you're, if, if you're yelling and name calling people on a daily basis and then say, oh, and then when, you know, when the cameras come on or the podcast recording hits and you're like, we have great culture, we love our people and women are great and, you know, whatever, then, you know, I mean that, you know, you can't, you can't do it yeah. like 90% of the time. So uh, it is very important to me. I have worked in good environments and I have worked in bad environments. Um, and I think that in general, um, when you have a good culture and I'm not saying one that doesn't have accountability, it doesn't have to be rainbows and sunshine and unicorns either. You know, there's gotta right. be real work. And, and I think sometimes people think culture and fluff and that's not what it is. You're going to have conflict and there's going to be times when someone's going to mess up. It's how you respond. It's that having a respectful conversation to coach and lift people up. Right. And that's ultimately what it's about. So if it's all punitive, I believe and very passionately believe that no one operates at their best with a knife against their throat. Right. And it, it breeds more mistakes. So that's why I felt very strongly that how we built this team would as a successful team would be just about a good mindset to bring out the best in people and not try to you're, catch people in mistakes. Not a good look in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think too, it's, it's the idea of, it's like a marriage almost, right? It's not going to be perfect. There's going to be things that happen behind closed doors. There's going to be things that happen out front, but it's at the end of the day or a brother, you know, that, that brotherhood or, or that sisterly relationship. Like at the end of the day, you're going to argue, you're going to pull hair. You're going to, you're going to have things, but at the end of the day, we love each other. Right. And and that's the, I think that if that underlying culture, there's one, if it's not, then like you said, it becomes that knife against the throat, you know, just that dictatorship, you know, levels in, in leadership and all that other stuff then, then starts to get, contentious right like if there's not that underlying culture of understanding and i think it allows you know that that allows you to make the mistakes of maybe once in a while losing your temper or once in a while saying something you regret or once in a while doing things because then you can rebound from it right like you you could have that humble conversation where you'd be like i'm sorry or i messed up or i did something wrong and i think that's so important in an organization of that's authenticity right authenticity is not just living it out is willing to be able to make the mistakes and i think owning them as well um, I think that's, and that's hard. That's hard. I think publicly, privately, you know, to, to sometimes, cause I think even privately we convince ourselves that we're right. <laughs> All day long. But you know, I, I was taught early on that well, and I'm married 18 years on Monday, by the way. So Congratulations. Uh, thank you. Um, I was taught early on though, that, um, in business and I forgot who it was. I, I wish I could remember, but that, 
your, um, I think it was at PRC, conflict is actually a good thing. I want to know what it was. It was a, it was an extended stay America. And there was a, there was a hospitality and lodging principle that said a customer is going to be more loyal if something bad happened to them during their stay and you were able to make a heroic recovery. And the same principle translates. If you have a bump in the road and you have healthy conflict, then guess what? And you work through it effectively. It's stronger. And whether it's in a marriage and a company with whatever, you know, so that's, I think that is going to definitely help serve us well. And I think it serves our, our clients well as they build their brands. Um, so, um, and, and I know, yeah. And I know too, Annalise, um, you've been working a lot too, you know, with, you know, Tom and with Lisa's personal brands and kind of getting that messaging out there. How have you, tried to understand, I guess, the, the, the person, right? Like, how do you do that and convey that on social media? Because I think, you know, they definitely have a message they want to get out. They're trying to, but then they're running their companies and doing these other things. So you're kind of coming in and from the marketing side of being the bridge. You still have to bring that authenticity to the post, right? It doesn't want to look like, hey, a marketing company must have posted this for you. You want it to look like it came from Tom or it came from Lisa, which it, sometimes it does and sometimes it comes from us, but you really can't tell the difference. You've done such an amazing job with that. How did you kind of bring that strategy and that image together, if you will? I mean, quite frankly, it was a little bit difficult um, to try to put myself in their positions because I am in such a different position than they are. Yep. Um, but I think you just, you do your research and you see how they, how they talk. You see how they mention stuff. You see their attitude. You see their, their you know, you listen to them in calls and stuff and, and you kind of understand how they act and how they work and then you just gotta work your psychology into it and try to do the best replica that you can. I mean, that's, I, I'll never say that I can fully understand what's in their mind and that I can say the things the way that they would, but I can do my research on how they have previously and try to imitate that. And that's like the most copycat kind of. Yep way to do it yeah. <laughs> you will i love that and you know speaking of authenticity you know one of the things i think ace has one of the coolest nicknames i've ever heard um <laughs> it, he really is like a fighter pilot he's like calm under pressure um and ace one of the things i've enjoyed of working with you and i know you know you've kind of come on early on but you've gotten on with with some very large clients we have and they're you know um very successful people, very seasoned, and you've been able to jump into those conversations. And I, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. I think you've been able to jump into those conversations very well, you know, have them very calmly, not be intimidated, but also kind of stand your ground and, and do what you know is right. How do you manage that? Because I think for a lot of people, even seasoned entrepreneurs, that's hard to do to walk in the room and, you know, with the other people, but you've done such a great job of walking in and doing that. How do you approach all the different clients and you're able to manage them so well? How have you been able to do that? Well, thanks. That's a good question, actually. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, the client knows, you know, what, what they want and what they want their image to kind of be or to what, it, what they want it to look like. And so it's kind of challenging at points when, when you don't really know um, how you can translate their, their views and, or their vision, really. But at the end of the day, you know, you can kind of start with um uh you know i'm kind of losing my train of thought here um so i well, mean 
and I think to a couple of examples that come to mind, I know you're, you're really good at kind of the follow-up in the meetings and during, right? Like I know there's been a couple of times where you've been like, no, I think we should go this direction. How do you, you know, why is that follow-up so important? Why is the, because I think that's, that's been the strong part for you. Why is the follow-up in the meeting so important? Well, I mean, there's always, I mean, when you start, when you talk about design, there's always critique and there's always, you know, different versions and you're always going to have to make changes. Um, at least that's what I think. And that's what I've experienced you're never going to get a design or any any graphic right on the first try. You know, you're always going to have to ask the client, you know, is this okay? Um, does this look like what you envisioned at the first time? Or is this, is this what, you know, what you want? Is this the right colors? Is this the right font? And, you know, more, most often, most, more often than not, you're going to come, you're, they're going to come back to you with, um, some edits or some changes for you to make and and that's fine because that's that's the design world and and you know in school we always had like probably five versions of a project before you got to the to the final project um, and so it's I, I imagined you know even in school I thought you know it's going to probably be the same thing in the real world and and you know we just had we just had our our, our house redone and so you know, you talk to the, the designer that, that helped, you know, design some of the, you know, at least the living room. And they, they, they went through so many trials in, in terms of trying to figure out what wallpaper you wanted to put on one of the walls. And, and it's like, you know, you look at six different wallpapers and you have to go through the effort of finding, you know, the, the sample so that you can look at it and see what it would look like. And, and, you know, it's, it's the same in any design, you know, you're going to go through a bunch of trials and figure out, collaboratively with the client and with the designer you know it's it's got to be kind of a collaboration and then together as a team you figure out what the vision is and slowly it, it kind of it changes along the way you start with one thing and and the client sometimes finds themselves changing their original vision um based off of what you know the designer knows and so to answer that question i guess sometimes the designer will know um, certain things that can aid in successfully creating that vision that the client has. And so that's where I come in, where I can kind of help, help them achieve that vision. He's like a bridge. I love it. I love it. <laughs> like a bridge. And Alicia, you are the architect. <laughs> I don't know about that, but uh, that is, that is quite a compliment. So. Oh, that's awesome. Well, this so. has been fun. I think we covered. Uh, I think we covered some good ground today. I think we could probably go on on this topic for about another twenty minutes, but then we will let our clients down by not jumping on the things. Absolutely. No, and I think we should maybe have another. Um, maybe continue this with some of our clients and invite some of them for some future podcasts um, to really kind of talk about it from their angles as well. So, um, yeah. very good stuff. And um, and I uh, I'm excited that we actually had the the balls to talk about it. <laughs> yeah yeah no this is fun this is fun and, and if you're listening to this and you have any questions you know feel free for ace annalise myself alicia uh you could always include those in the comments um or you could go onto our social media your brand ethos on all social media platforms and you could send us a dm and we will be happy to answer any questions you may have so uh appreciate everybody tuning into this episode and we will see you on the next one